Sunday, the Sunday of the Passion, we move incredibly quickly from Hosanna to Crucify. And it puts our emotions in such turmoil. Um, And we've collapsed really a whole week of Jesus' life into this short period of time. Of course, the, the, the sorrow that attends this passion narrative is also hinted at in the triumphal entry because the passage immediately after that which was read over the blessing of the palms and the triumphal entry is that where Jesus, looking as he arrives at the city of Jerusalem and weeps over it on his way to a barbaric death, he weeps on behalf of others and not himself. I want to go back to the words of Song 25. Just let them flood into your being. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Upon the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death, and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Jesus knew where he was going. He knew the barbaric nature of the death that he himself would suffer. You might remember a few years ago a movie called The Passion of the Christ. It was quite controversial because it showed in such a graphic nature the scourging of Christ, the nails hammered into his flesh and the agony on the cross. And it was difficult to watch And many thought it was completely over the top. But this is what Rome did to instill fear throughout the Roman Empire. Because they figured that if they saw people suffering so much, that they would not have traitors traitors in their midst the treason 
would not be something that people would think about if that was going to be their end, if scourging and crucifixion was going to happen to them. And we've indeed seen that whole modus operandi, that whole thought pattern play itself out in the Middle East. If people are so afraid, then maybe they will just overrun whole peoples. Jesus knew. He knew because it had been prophesied about him in Scripture. In Isaiah, this we read this morning, the third of the servant songs, called the suffering servant, the one who suffers on behalf of others, says in that servant song of Jesus, because Jesus said in the Passion Narrative today, all of Scripture had to be fulfilled in these things. I was not disobedient, nor did I turn my back. I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. This is the true meaning of the passion of Christ. We've changed how that word is understood in our day. But passion meant patient endurance of pain. And this is Christ's passion, patient endurance of pain. We don't know why he suffered and died in this way. But we know that through this, in this way, we are given life. And we know that he knew this was the way he would die. For in John's gospel in the upper room, he says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And John comments on that by saying, He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. We might want to turn away. We might want to whitewash it. We might want to not look at the enormity of the pain and the suffering that Jesus took into himself on our behalf. But the biblical narrative doesn't allow us to do that. That's why we read the Passion Narrative on Palm Sunday and on Good Friday. It has to come right inside of us. And we might want to believe that we would not add our voices to the fray, that we might not be the mob who cry out, crucify. But we've seen on TV how quickly fear turns to hatred and anger and how little incitement is needed for mob violence. And even if we still think we would not be the ones to say crucify, it is still our sin 
that held him to the cross. It's our sin that nailed him there. But it's also the love of God. It's God's love for the sinner. God's love for the lost. God's love for his beloved creation. Volumes have been written by theologians on how this death brought our life. How this death takes into itself all the evil, all the hatred, all the anger, all of the sin of the world, everything that humanity does to itself and to others beat into the body of Jesus on the cross. And at that point, he feels the forsakenness because God the Son in Jesus Christ's humanity has lost the connection with God the Father because the holiness of God cannot be in the presence of sin without consuming the sinner. So Jesus himself takes all of the evil, all of the darkness, everything that has fallen in creation and humanity into himself like a sponge. He doesn't meet evil with evil. He does not meet violence with violence. He just hangs there like a sponge absorbing all of the evil in the world. We don't understand the mechanics of it, but in doing so, he conquers it. Evil is conquered by the willing self-sacrifice of God the Son in human form. That is how evil is vanquished. That is the victory of the cross. And this remains true, that through this death we live. And only through this death Do we live? And it shows profoundly the character of God. For it is God himself who takes off glory. God himself who humbles himself. He didn't need to come and rescue us. He chose to come and rescue us knowing that when he did, it would require such suffering and such a death. And he came anyway. That is divine love. And we don't come close. We can't even grab our hands around that kind of love. 
don't listen to those out there who would say this is some kind of cosmic child abuse. That has a very low understanding of the Trinity because the one God who we worship is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God in Trinity of Persons. It is God himself, God-man in Jesus who went willingly to the cross crying over the people of Jerusalem as he went, forgiving all of his enemies from the place of excruciating pain on the cross. He chose it. He chose to reach to the depths, to the hurt and to the hell of human life, and he does it all for love. So whatever questions you have, whatever questions about the pain and the suffering and illness and death that is our human lot in life, those questions have to come to the foot of the cross and see that love. If there had been a different way, God would have chosen it. We would have liked maybe a different way, but we're the creature, not the creator. So if this is God's way, this is the right way. This is the only way. And in spite of knowing what it would take, he did it anyway. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. There's a devotion that came through my email this week. It said this, As Christians, we're called to follow a servant, the one who led not by dominating but by serving, the one who led not by triumphing by violence but by sacrificing, The one who led not by being first on the podium, but by falling to the ground and dying. It is from there we rise. For all discipleship requires us to give ourselves fully to God. To fall to and for him. To die with him. So that we might not only be raised, but also see the fruit grow from the many seeds that God is even now seeking to sow in this world. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast, beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. You are each God's treasure. He has made each one of us from wretch to treasure. Take that and know that. The love of God is so profound and he treasures each and every one of you. Amen.